Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Pod Monster, a fun little podcast featuring creative people talking about cool stuff. I'm your host, Philip Good. On today's episode, we have the vocalist of Rhino and Paradigm, Mark Morris. Mark and I had an awesome chat about all the bands he's been in and some future projects coming up. But anyway, give it up for Mark and welcome to... But you did not watch Star Wars. That is, uh, that's accurate, yes. Um, Why? I don't know. I think, I think as a kid, I, I wasn't really into sci-fi and fantasy movies. And you don't like imaginations. I, I love imaginations. I was an only child, FYI. Same. Um, I have a half sister though, but she was she wasn't around when I grew up, so she was she was going to Illinois State as a student. So until I was four years old, um, I was an only child, and then she moved out again. So essentially, blaming, I was. Are you blaming all of Star Wars? On I your am. Sister? I am. I'm, it's kind of the build up to. Why? Is it going to happen? Or is it just like, continue, uh, I'll never do it because of my sister? <laughs> I'll be honest. Uh, I've tried. Um, I've watched I've watched one episode, and I believe it was episode four. I, was, I, was, I thought you were just going to stop it right there. I've watched one episode. I'm like, it's not a series. No, I think it's, uh, I think I watched episode three or episode four, because I tried that, that one um, order. So I tried that, I tried that order. Um, where it goes episode three and then you watch it to the last episode and then start over. So it's like a prequel kind of thing. No, no. How have you, <laughs> with that being said, how have you survived with Jesse and your band's face? I've just avoided all Star Wars conversations. Cause he's the one that brought it up. He's like, did you know that he didn't watch it? I'm yeah. Like, no. Yeah. It's Jesse, uh, Jesse like had it all throughout his room. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, he has a lot of Star Wars uh, action figures. I don't even know if, if if it's a sin to call it action figures. Sorry, Jesse, if I offended <laughs> you there. Um, but yeah, he has Star Wars everywhere. You guys were in a lot of bands together, right? A Obviously, ton. yeah. What what was the first band without Jesse? Was it Arlemé with Arnley? It like well, you it was not. No. Yeah. Um, what was the first band you were? The first band was called Leaving You Behind. Um, what was it? It was a band that was trying to be census fail. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I met these three dudes, uh, Vince Cassell, Akash Maholtra, the drummer of Arlemé, and okay. who else was it? I think it was Raj Hirapara. And these names are amazing. They are. They're like Great villain, names. villains in a movie or something. Yes. Um, and so we were in a, a seventh grade science class together, Miss Fogarty. Um, shout out to Miss Fogarty. Shout out, shout out. Um, and so I was like, I don't know. I didn't really know anyone in that class. And we got paired up for a group project. And they had three people. And I had no people to go with. And it was mm-hmm. a four-person group project. So I went up to them. I was like, hey, guys, um, can I join your group for this project? And they're like, yeah, not knowing them. It's a little strange. Um, Turns out the project was actually a band. Right? The project, <laughs> the pro- I mean... Literally, like that is what started my music career right there. 
that one move. Did it's you, weird did to you think have, about that. Did you have that moment where you were in the crossroads of just like, maybe I shouldn't go out to them. Maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> I was like, there's a group of three of the cool kids over there. Maybe I should go at them. But I was like, no, they're more. You could have been an astronaut. They're more man. suitable. That path could have been completely different. It could have been. It's really weird to think like that, but it's the truth. I do it all the time. It's the truth because I could have been I could have been a zit on someone's back. You could have didn't know. You could have been a lot of things. You never know. Back knee, <laughs> so back knee. But yeah, I went up to them and then we started the group project and they were really into film and so we filmed our like science project, which is really strange. Okay. Um, and so then after that, um, I was actually at a Chinese restaurant with my parents. Uh, I'll remember this forever too. And I got a call from Akash and he basically told me, he's like, Hey man, he's like, you seem really cool. We're starting this like band. And I'm like, okay, I like music. What, what, what do you got? And did you play anything at the time? So I was playing guitar. Um, Okay. My parents, I, meant like, I meant like before the band. Yes. Okay. I was okay. trying to play guitar. I okay. was learning guitar. My parents got me a guitar for Christmas. And That's so good. I was learning guitar and Akash goes, hey, we need a uh, we need a bassist for this band. I'm like, ooh. I was like, I actually play guitar. And he's like, well, we already have guitarists. And... That's when I found my love for bass. Um, okay. So at the table, I asked my dad. I was like, "Dad, I was like, I know you used to play guitar. Do you do you happen to have played bass in the past?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Just wait till we get home." And so we go home, and we go in the crawl space, and he comes out with this ruby red and black with a rosewood fretboard, like really nice old bass. And I'm like, Damn. "Wow." My dad played bass and for Led Zeppelin. <laughs> oh, I wish <laughs> wouldn't live in Bartlett if that was the case. Um, but that's where the music scene was. That is very true. Um, but yeah, that's that's how it all started with me. And then we started that band, Leaving You Behind. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a band before that that was around for like a week. It was called Avoiding the Influence, but we won't get into that one. We, Why not? It just was so short. Just a bunch of jerks in the band. Just jerks. It crumbled. And then, Sorry. yeah, Leaving You Behind was a thing for about a year and a half. And then... Okay. Um, you guys play shows? We did. We played okay. a lot of basement shows, a lot of birthday parties. Um, we Columbus. were horrible. <laughs> wow. I still have old demos. You know, you know. W- did you have the same feeling when I was in a band and we started to play our first couple shows? One of them was at this cafe whatever Ch- church lady you come in she like hugs you and all it was very strange the oasis cafe uh, maybe on route 59 harlem mm. it's downtown not in no, Bartlett. No. okay no. this venue is in Bartlett that i was uh, referencing uh, well anyway this this place they like recorded you for like ten dollars oh. and we're like well, that's pretty well, sweet i didn't care we'll, we'll do it and then we took the cd and we went in the car after the show and the hype train was crazy. Like, holy shit, this is what, this is what we sound like. And then you take a couple of years later and you listen to that, and it sounds like when, like, you ever watch Family Guy when Peter and, and uh, Lois are high? Oh, yeah. And they think they're singing beautifully, but they're not. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what it's like. That's pretty funny. In the moment. It's a good yeah. comparison. It, it happened. Even though I haven't watched Star Wars, I'm an avid Family Guy watcher. I stopped for like the last couple of years. Yeah, it gets old. It's, it's kind of like thing. The Simpsons. I just, I just move forward. Agreed. And, I don't know. Have you gotten into uh, what's that? Back to the Future esque show. Rick and Morty. Oh no, I haven't. I haven't either. I've heard good things. 
Yeah. I, I really like that. animated things, like big Pixar Porn. guy. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I love just sitting down, watching a Pixar movie. Get that feel-good feeling. Moana? Moana is awesome. Beautiful. Just the music in some of those movies are Dude, I was, <laughs> unbelievable. I was, I was at work years ago when it came out. Was it two years ago it came out? Something like that. I and so. I was actually listening to the soundtrack the whole, like, for a week straight. I don't know how you couldn't do that, you know? Okay. <laughs> Did the shorts get you? Did the shorts oh, get yeah. you right here? Oh, yeah. Right here, even though no one can see where here is. It's hidden. Well, I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, t- <laughs> tell me how Arlo May came back. Yeah, so we had a couple members like churn from leaving you behind, aka we kicked them out. Um, And it was just me, Akash, Mm -hmm. Vince Casal, and that was the band. And so then I don't know how it happened, but we found out that Vince could scream instead of sing. Stepped on his toe. Yes, there it came out exactly. He was like, <laughs> like he had a super high pitch, and that was that scream was kind of accurate with how he sounded, actually. Interesting. Um, but yeah, so we found that out, and we're like, well, since his fail is getting heavier, so mm-hmm. we should get heavier, and so we started implementing screams, and then somehow Arnley came in the picture. I think Akash met Arnley um, in school, and. I, I I totally forgot how, but then all of a sudden I just Arnley came to our practices and I was like, oh cool, yeah. A oh, Filipino great. guy just walks into the room. Very excited. So we had a very diverse diverse band. We had Arnley, Akash, Indian, Vince Casal was a, a really tan Italian guy, and then <laughs> I thought you could say he's a turtle. Nah, I wish. <laughs> like he's That'd a turtle. Imagine just... a turtle metal front man. I'm down. I'm down. Hardest hard shell. Oh, yeah. Shell shockers. Shell shockers. <laughs> That's the name. That's the name. Shell shock. Ninja Turtles. Um, I love that movie, by the way. Which Man one? Show. The originals? Yeah. Turtle with a half show. I've tried doing so many podcasts of just talking about that movie. And it'll come. I'll do an entire podcast. Breaking down movies from my childhood. Yeah. But looking back at them like in today, because when you're a child, you miss so many things. Oh, yeah. And everything's like... Rape. Yep. Like the beginning of Ninja Turtles. Yeah, like SpongeBob. The whole show just absolutely rape and nudity. It's gross. (laughs) It's just gross. (laughs) Uh, What was I going to say? How many shows did you guys, well, not a real number, but Arla May was kind of big, right? Kind of in the scene of Bartlett. Yeah. And and you guys actually played local uh, Chicago shows of Boiler Room. We did. Yeah, I think you brought that up on on Arnley's podcast too. Did I that boiler no. room show? Where, where is no, that was Josh. Josh brought it up. Josh, Josh Wheeling. The, yep. Was it Chi-Town Productions? Yep. Oh yeah. He um, didn't mention you, but 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 Arnley, I think did. That's perfectly fine. Phil, don't as you stuff he, this in my as long podcast. as he mentioned my band. That's all that matters. That's all that matters, man. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we played a lot of shows. Um, in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Um, we played that place called the Sound Lab once. Oh, was, was that in Mokina? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, we played that show with uh, Dr. Acula. <laughs> oh, shit. I always thought that was a cool name. Yes. Dr. Acula. It was. They were uh, they were good, but that show was empty because no one wanted to drive to Mokina. I I was going to play Mokina with my band with the ready set, 
and some other acoustic acts that were touring, and we drove down there. We weren't going to draw shit. We knew it. Oh, yeah. And uh, we get there, load ins like at six, and then we get there, and the guy, like the door's locked. Oh, no. All the bands are here. And then some guy finally opens the door like Wizard of Oz, and he's like, we're going to do load in at 7.30. Wow. And then we're like, all right. So we just left. I I don't blame you. That's that's the only time I've ever played at Mokito. I don't blame you. I didn't play. I went. <laughs> fun fun trip, though. There was a Sonic. Great drive. Yeah, there was a Sonic. Very Sonic. Sonic, Sonic. Yes. Oh, I didn't yeah. buy anything. Do you, because, you know, you did the transition. Well, I'm going to skip too much here. That's fine. Li- was it, were you in this neon life? I was not. not. Lyra's Lawyer. I was. Was there anything in between Arlame and Lyra's Lawyer? There wasn't. So I quit Arlame, quit the dream to go to college. Did you just hate the fact that they were making fun of the white boy so much? You're like, I can't, yeah. can't stand oh, this yeah. anymore. I was like, I'm I'm done. I can't do it. I feel feel like the minority i gotta leave it's okay you know it's okay um but yeah i i left for college and then live versus lawyer came about from a guy named joe belleville mm-hmm. you know joe belleville joe belleville is an architect in bloomington he sells dishes commemorative commemor- commemorative plates mm-hmm. of ninja turtles yes. and hearing aids yes <laughs> And he likes to steal people's scabs. Yes. Very true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True stories about Joe Belleville. Can't wait to talk to him one <laughs> <Yes>. day. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I was in my dorm room freshman year of college, and I got a Facebook message from Joe Belleville, and I did not know Joe Belleville whatsoever. And oh, was, he just messaged you? Oh, yeah. That's awkward. And I was like, who is this guy? And he messaged me like about how I was in Arlame and like, just what his project he was working on and i was like cool like what what were you getting at and then he's like uh, do you want to during like summer break do you want to come out for a practice with me and two other random dudes that you've never met would it be a wait where were you at the time i was in i was at illinois state university illinois so in state. bloomington okay and joe also went to illinois state as okay. well so there was a connection there but he was gonna but you guys were gonna go north together correct to gotcha. displays mm-hmm. where jesse and tyler crady um okay. resided resided yes um and so um i met up with joe and talked to him and then we i ended up going to the old church um where we practiced live versus lawyer um, and yeah it was that was the first time I met Jesse and Tyler Crady and Joe, and then I just picked up the bass and played the songs, and now we're here. When did you uh, realize that you can scream? Wow, that's a good question. Because, before you answer that, I remember being at that said church. You know, you guys were having, well, Jesse and I were doing our own Artica thing, and then you guys had your band practice afterward. Yeah. And there was the one time where you just took the mic and you started screaming and I thought the church was going to just impale itself. <laughs> but, but I'm sure that that was because that scream was not a first time scream. So that's why I'm curious about when that heaven shaking scream yes. first came about. Yeah. Someone step on your toe. Uh, cause it wasn't a high pitch. It, it was like, not, it was a super low. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was always intrigued in screaming ever since I 
listened to it. I was like, just okay. the art of it. Like, how do people project that and not ruin their vocal cords? Yes. And yes. people, people always like tell me still today. They're like, oh, like you're just screaming. Like anyone can do that. And no. it's not the case unless you want to hurt yourself. But yeah. and there's there's just the, there's all pitch and everything there's not really pitch but it's just like matching matching the rhythm of the guitars and things like that it's it's all mm-hmm. form but i actually started just on my when i first got my license um I would, driver's license yes <laughs> okay yeah go on. when i first got my driver's license i would just like, fuck yeah yeah exactly I was like yes in the dmv just that's <laughs> when it first came out <laughs> great um no, but right when I could drive alone, I knew I could blast music, which is something I've always wanted to do. And I was always like stuck to my headphones and blah, blah, blah. So I had a Chevy Venture 2002 Chevy Venture, which Beautiful. is a minivan, um, silver minivan. And so that thing had a great stereo system. So I would just drive around Bartlett screaming and trying That's to match great. Mike Karanica and all the big guns and trying nice. to trying to nice. learn how to scream and then uh, I would do it when my parents were gone in the shower <laughs> and like just whenever I could sneak it in I would try it out and then Arla May they didn't let me do backup vocals I was gonna ask if you did any backup vocals. no I didn't yeah so we had two vocalists it was Nick Astacio and Vince Casal and so they they kind of handled everything um White guy, just play bass. Yep. We'll take care of everything so, else. Go play bass. Bastards. As Arla May progressed, there was more white people that came in, though, like Tyler mm. Gargula, Tom Minogue, and okay. more more of that. So it wasn't it wasn't like I was the, the only white one, though. At, at first? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at first. At first, it Have was. Have you ever though. heard of um, <laughs> this band called Through the Eyes of the Dead? Of the Dead? I have. And their original singer left... Or Screamer left, mm-hmm. and then this guy Danny joined. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know his last name. But you know who I'm I talking do. about? I went to school with Danny. Really? And Danny, like, good friends. And we used to, like, he was on a wrestling team. I was not, but we still used to wrestle during basketball, like, in, in gym. Yeah. We played basketball, and then it would turn into a wrestling scrap. Just like That's cool. We, we were cool. And so when we would hang out, he would always just randomly as like say we're walking down the halls he would randomly just work on his like working out and i'm like and every throughout the year it would just progress deeper and like deeper and stronger at the same time and that's what i'm talking about like when you when when you learned through the car thing yeah danny was just walking and just like the whole time and then he made some like they were in like some uh, school band uh-huh. that played like you know battle the bands at school. Right, I think it was called Urjoni or something like that. And then then he like got picked up Damn. by, by through the eyes of the dead. And then he and then I remember seeing a YouTube video. I knew he was a good screamer, but then there was this YouTube video. I might be able to still find it someday. It's just like they're playing this old song that through through the eyes of the dead has, and the the fans. It's like one of his first shows, yeah. so the fans are like loyal to the song. They don't know how he's going to do. And it's your typical, like, build-up song intro that just ends with a huge scream. And when he hits that, you just see the audience go, holy shit. Like, this guy might have been better than the last one. Good stuff. But my my point is is that, you know, I I can definitely understand what you're talking about driving and just, like, being Uh, able to full-on go. I'm sure you lost your voice the first couple times. I did. Yeah. Yeah. It was... 
yeah, it's not fun learning the the progression of getting to where where I am today. It just takes a lot of practice. Um, but yeah, I I was very insecure about it because my parents are very religious, and <laughs> whenever I started first listening to that music, I think. I kind of scared them. And then when I started <laughs> joining bands, they're like, Oh gosh, this kid, what is he doing? Well, the thing that you, you, you still don't give off. And I don't think you've ever given off is just like, it's not a bad thing, but I just don't think like you've ever given off like the full, uh, everything to that yeah. scene. What I mean is like, you never trust like a full blown metal. Head, no. you, know, you know, and like the people that you, I remember one of the shows I came out to and you brought like your coworkers and it's just like, those are Mark's friends. Yeah. <laughs> you can pick them out. Like that pink thumb. polo is definitely Mark's friend. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. No, no, but, but still, so like you, so you were practicing, but when did you, did you get to do backup in Live vs. Lawyer? Yeah. Okay, that's that, the first time where I really got to, sh- where I got the opportunity. I should take sure. shade of- to showcase my uh, talents, my ability, my powers, my powers, dad, my no. powers within. <laughs> yeah, but did you? Did you? So here's the next step that it goes into: is did you enjoy it more? Or did you feel held back by playing bass and just doing backup, or did you have this urge, like this, the chance I get, I'm, I'm going to jump on being front man did you ever have that i didn't thought? even that never crossed my mind no. okay. in live or slayer whatsoever like i was just always the backup vocalist because joe was a really good screamer, no yeah solid like beastly and then i would always go come in with the highs like mm-hmm. that was my thing in in live or slayer mm-hmm. and then i started learning mids and lows as like that progressed but i still stuck with the highs and then like I even I like to answer your question. Like I never even thought about that at all. I didn't. I didn't mean it in a way of like. Did you ever think you were going to dethrone Joe? Very no, true. not like not like that. I meant like just if there was an opportunity to maybe do a side project or something like that. Did you ever have that in your mind? I really didn't. No? Like I okay. love playing bass. Like, that's good. That's, that's good. That's where I started, and like that's mm-hmm. what I'm comfortable doing. Nice. And I loved playing it for Live or Slayer because it was just fast speed metal, like mm-hmm. unbelievable, like really fun um to play and i i like the combination of mm-hmm. the two um and then like yeah I did, like even if a side project came up like um it was just it it just never crossed my mind for some reason no it's you not a, it's, you know i was just curious about that yeah but then when you know rhino did come about were you excited to like just fully just let it because you know you've yeah. been practicing your lows you've been practicing your mids you finally let it let it all go yeah i think when when i when like i really got the opportunity i i was like oh man these dudes are really gonna let me try this and Mm -hmm. uh we wrote like very a a lot of heavier things and more progressive and more more just in your face and and then i wrote some demos and (laughs) in true fashion um i in my room when my parents were gone i would record uh, scratch tracks to them and sure. send them to the guys for placement and then um they're like this is good you get you you can you can do this and then we hit the studio and just never looked back you know it was definitely i thought i think you guys were the heaviest band around here we were heavy for for the time being Agreed. right for the for the for the time that you guys existed definitely the heaviest yeah band. we were uh 
I don't know. I think I think it was just a progression of all of us because we were always in like metal bands and mm-hmm. like metal core bands. Obviously, that progression, and then I think it just built up to just us just wanting to just like just write stuff that that we just really loved playing, and that was heavy music. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, with with everything that you, that you played, you <laughs> you're a nice guy, right? You're a nice guy. I try. But when you go on stage, what happens? I don't know. You just turn into like this. Your face looks like you ate like some warheads. Yes. And then, and then like your eyes look like you could put like quarters into them. You know, little do you know though, is I actually um, pack at least three warheads in the back of my mouth at all times while I am on stage. And I also put quarters in the back of my eyes too. Nice. Yeah. Nice. No, but I'm just saying, like, it just you change. It's interesting. It's like it's, like it's like this. Uh, is it a release for you? Like, well, not not for everybody, right? Some people just do it for the music, but some people actually can go on stage and just have this like freedom of yeah. just release. Is that what it's like for you, or is it just like eh, I just go up there and play the part? Yeah, I think it. I think it's a lot of me. Uh, just. I don't know. I just do what feels right up there, you mm-hmm. know, and I try the and match. The pressure of the crowd. Yeah. They all want be, to be mean. But, like, in order for – I I realized this the hard way because the first couple of shows I played, I was very uncomfortable being the guy to control the ambiance of the performance. Sure. And a lot of that has to do with the front man because, like, I could just stand up there and scream and not move around and get in people's faces and, like, mm-hmm. be aggressive. Yeah. But I found – by trial and error that like that's the case like if if you want to succeed and like do well and intrigue people about your performance and keep keep people peeled to a 20 30 minute set like Mm -hmm. you need to be aggressive and you need to be in people's faces and like i'm not comfortable when i'm up there (laughs) it's weird to think that but like I, I like before I go on stage, I'm shaking and I'm nervous and I'm sweating. Like, I'm, but I, th- but I think everyone's know. still, you know, if you, I, I think that's important to have that because yeah. it shows that you're excited about it. Agreed. You know, I feel like if you don't have it and you're too comfortable, that means you're like a 60 year old rock star who's been doing it forever, and you're just like, just doing it for the paycheck. Man. Yeah, exactly. But then once you're up there, you just do it. You know. Did you do you think um, going to shows and playing in the mosh pits and all that like helps you kind of bring that to the stage because you fucking might as well elbow drop people off the stage for what you do <laughs> I see i see all, like, the best part but like I, th- I think one of the shows i went of yours is that i did see those pink collared folks in the crowd and they're like this is gonna be a great old time and then you just like you just change and they're like who's that guy and then you push the shit out of them and they're like mark just pushed me i don't know what to do (laughs) yeah um yeah i'll always remember one show at subterranean um like i would say probably like 15 of my coworkers showed up (laughs) and a mixture of guys and girls and they were all pumped to see me for the first time and I kind of hyped it up at work, obviously, and like made people. Interested. Did they know it was going to be metal? They did, yeah. Okay, so I've, okay. I I sent everyone like the video to prep them and like just show them maybe what it'd be like, and then the video we did. Uh yeah, oh the uh, the ruckus one. Great. Oh yeah, perfect. And uh, and then yeah, so they were expecting it to be metal, but then in our opening set, I 
did exactly what you said, which was go into the crowd and push everyone and get people amped to want to hit each other. And I don't think they were expecting that. <laughs> they were worried about spilling their Cosmo. Yes. It was very... Yes, in a yeah. high highball glass. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, dude, it's fun when you're out there. You brought the energy. Uh, <laughs> I brought up in one of the episodes show mode. That's about you. Do you know what show mode is? I don't. It's uh, it's when the band member goes into show mode after the set, which is basically like autopilot of thanks for coming out, dude. Thanks for coming yes. out, dude. Might as well like the, like the Talladega Knights just signing people, oh, and yeah. then you sign your assistant. <laughs> you're like, sorry, I was in show mode. And and the point was, it was a show you played, and we we had come to see you, and you're like, thanks for coming out, man. You walk past, I'm like, don't. Don't do that. Yeah. We're here. And you're like, Just sorry, dude. Autopilot. I'm, 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 I'm autopilot, dude. Can't turn it off. Seriously. But that's shout a, out to you for being a avid Rhino supporter. Duh. That's why I want to do that video. And I think uh, it was interesting. It was. Was your religious family happy about it? No, not after I explained it. Uh, I've done a lot uh, of like things that my family didn't agree with, like, I did spoken word, a lot of spoken paradigm. word. Paradigm. Paradigm. I was going to bring it up, but you know, they didn't want to. Oh, they didn't want right. to. Sorry go for uh, paradigm. Getting a paradigm <laughs> spoken word. Now tell me about that. Yeah. Yeah. So did you start in college? I did. I did. Yeah. So that was when that was when Lyra's lawyer was done, mm-hmm. and Rhino started. So in between that time, it was about. I think it was like six months or so when that like little progression started started rocking and rolling because you didn't you didn't just oh i'm gonna do spoken word like you full-blown video video everything it was good yeah Yeah. it was all done by me um yeah i just uh i don't know i was was at a time in college where i was i was not uh i was not in a in a happy place but i wasn't in the worst place and that was when i we've all been there oh yeah but that was when I really started writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always been interested in writing. I've never been really good at writing. Um, but I've always been good at structuring songs and writing things in like a song template. And I just started doing that and just wrote everything. I kept a diary. I wrote, kept, took it everywhere with me. That's um, awesome. And then just translated that into into just poems that I that I wrote to express and then I I was like I like spoken word but I like it better with music behind it and mm-hmm. I can play guitar and I can write and try and produce sure. um and so I just MacBooks dude yeah no seriously GarageBand was yeah, my whole all day I mixed mastered and recorded that whole thing mm-hmm. on which was I think it was called yeah Empty Spaces nice. was the EP um, you still find it on Spotify, it's on Spotify nice. yeah yeah just get out Paradigm Paradigm Empty Spaces, empty spaces. YouTube um, the video oh yeah you are beautiful you are beautiful right? yeah it's beautiful it is it was that was my favorite um, oh yeah. Yeah, so I just I did that and it really amped me up, but it was like a it was a one project thing. It was something like it was like I just got to get it off my chest. I actually played shows doing Paradigm, two shows. I was going to ask well. if you actually went to any open mics or like actual shows. Yeah, so I wrote You Are Beautiful and said it to my two roommates, Kyle Murray and Danny Grieve in college. And they're like, "Dude, this is pretty good. Like you should go to an open mic night." Nice. And then one Tuesday, uh, and ISU still, 
Um, I got home from class around like 5 p.m. And my roommate just stuck a flyer in my face. And he's like, there's an open mic tonight. You're going. And I'm like, nice. What? He's like, yeah, you're going to perform your poem at the at the open mic. And I was like, dude, yeah. I don't know if I'm ready. And he's like, these are private. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if the public needs to hear these. Um, but yeah, it's just he, he kind of pushed me and then. We showed up at this open mic night, and I was like, okay, it's going to be a typical coffee shop, like probably 10 people there, snaps all around. And we walk in, and this place is absolutely packed. Damn. And I'm like, this is an open mic night? I was like, what is going on? I knew you were coming. And I wish. And I was like, oh, my God, like this is not – this is going to – I'm either going to make it or break it here yeah. and really get defeated or go on a high. And so I signed my name on the list and performed You Are Beautiful at the open mic night. No music behind me or anything. Damn. Just acapella. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I did well. Didn't stumble, didn't do anything. Like when I, the ambiance of this coffee shop, to put it in perspective, was like a very casual conversation-esque type of place where people were like studying and people were like talking about their days and things like that. It was very loud. And when I got up there and started reciting my poem and introduced myself. The the way you do it, right? They were just, the room just went, damn, silent. Everyone, everyone's attention shifted to me on the stage. And I was like, did you perform it the way you do on the album? Yes. Nice. Exactly how. That's crazy. Screaming, like, emotional, like, really, really getting it out there. And that'll get some attention. It did. <laughs> it did. And, like, when I, when I was done, that was my, that was the scariest moment, I think. Cause, like, spoken word is an abstract art form. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people listen to it. Not a lot of people know even what that entails. And then, like, when, when it hits you, you're just like, I don't know how to react and I didn't know how other people were going to react either. Yeah. And everyone clapped pretty, pretty loudly, which was good. And it was a positive reaction. And then I left immediately after I did that. <laughs> you went into show mode again. All right, yeah. I see. See you. What's up, man? Yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Check man. out my SoundCloud. Yeah. <laughs> Have you heard of Hobo Johnson? That's really funny that you bring that up because what? Pete Scones has been on the top of my playlist. Um, oh, that's his song? Yeah, that's his main song that he did the NPR um, outside show to. Mm, mm, yeah. He did this other one. I think it's Romeo and Juliet. Yes. Yeah. That music video is really cool. Um, yeah, if you oh, haven't it, heard of Pete, if you haven't watched Pete Scones, it was good. That's the, that's the first one he went viral with, right? Yes. Yes, I've seen that. I think his style is just very like like... You guys are to combined. I'm sorry, put, putting you guys side by side. It's such a vast difference of your passionate screaming. Yes, you know, while his is like you're. There's two brokens, right? But your broken's more like anger, yes. almost. While his broken, just like you could spill soup on my lap, and I'd probably apologize to you, With John Mulaney, little John Mulaney, you know. But like, you know, what I mean, he's just uh, like, eh, 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 like, like that, and it's just, it's interesting to see how it can be interpreted two different ways. Yeah, you know, it's really cool. It's funny because I got into spoken word from a guy named Cameron Smith. Uh, I think his last name is, um, and he is the vocalist of Hotel Books. Never heard of him. He. Um, came out with a song called ghosts can't love okay. and i listened to that and that was the first poem 
that I've ever heard like spoken word esque, and it had really ambient instrumentals behind it, and really great lyrics, like emotional like paradigms sure. lyrics were, and like how I, um, how I just said the words too, um, and then I went to scream the prayer tour, um, and he actually played in between the sets, and I was like, whoa, like nice. this shit's real. I want to do this, and then I just started writing, and then like ever since I've heard of Hobo Johnson, I've gotten an itch to like maybe start writing poems again and, and do that again. But the, the thing that you're crazy. doing with paradigm, that's cool. Is that, you know, it's you. So you don't have to worry about, you know, having this guy, this guy, this guy, like you can do it and you yep. can turn it off and then go three years, two years and they could turn it back on. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't hurt anybody, yep. but I think you should, I think it'd be very cool to have you come back with it just because it's such a, interesting dynamic to have metal screams that are so used to everything else being so loud yeah abrupt but yet turn that off yeah right just put some ambient but you still have your it just it hits stronger Mm -hmm. i think i think you you should i agree yeah hobo johnson watch out i'm coming for you literally (laughs) (laughs) he's gonna fucking mosh pit his elbow in the face (laughs) so rhino's done rhino is done but i hear there's there's a new project coming there is how much can you tell me? Not a lot. Um, uh, it's very secretive. It's uh, it's. Let's just say you think Rhino's heavy, but you haven't heard 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 anything yet. Heard what? What's the yeah. band called? We don't have a name. I'm rooting for Galactus with a K. I mean, if that's a Star Wars reference, I don't it's know not, what you're talking it's about. It's not. It's not a Star Wars <laughs> reference. I think you guys should be called Galactus with a K. I like that name. Just saying. I like the single word band names. Mm-hmm. Big mm-hmm. fan. Those are in now. So, so what's the? <laughs> so you guys, the members are essentially Rhino, right? Yes. Anyone different or one of the same? Same. So what's so why the name change? Uh it's just a different sound, and I feel like we needed a rebrand, and. There's just there's a lot of things that got went on behind the scenes of Rhino sure. that a lot of people on the forefront saw, and that happens with every single band. And so I think it just was was time, like kind of like Liar vs Lawyer, right? We got a new vocalist, which is understandable why mm-hmm. you would change a name because you get a new vocalist. But we also changed the style up. Sure. Um, I think we're gonna do the same here as well, but um, it's on the very very. Um, like starting point like we we're just writing things we're just trying to get get our act together again what's the evolution for you uh what do you mean by that so you're still doing vocals yes so what are you doing different um i've learned a couple techniques like inhales okay and highs and okay. um just my normal screams have gotten better as well. So it'll be a new dynamic for, for me vocally as well as like, I'm trying to spit faster, like Franz a little bit, you know, like get to okay. that. And then also just mix Franz up from uh, Attila. Attila. Yeah. And mix it up just a little bit more than I did in Rhino. Cause I feel like my vocals in Rhino were good from a placement perspective, but it could vastly improve to, really improve the uh in your faceness that are you trying to off. also make it catchier as far as metal uh a lot more breakdowns than right sure. which is hard to 
comprehend, I guess. No, Rhino I mean, it was a lot, a lot of breakdowns, but I can, I can relate as far as I'll say it this way. I did not always listen to metal. It took Jesse showing me metal. And in the beginning, I didn't like it. You know, it wasn't. So from a perspective of a guy who didn't like metal, right? There's two types of metal. I know there's way more types of metal. But I'm just <laughs> saying to me, there's two types of metal. There's catchy metal, and then there's the other metal that I don't like. Yeah. And what I mean by that is any metal that just has too many leads, too many just like parts that aren't. To me, metal is just unison of instruments, yep. which is anything with a lot of breakdowns is fantastic yep. to me. So that's the th- thing I'm talking about. It's like, okay. Makes I call sense. it catchy metal. Yeah, this is, like, I catch myself more with this, the songs we've written so far, just, like, bobbing my head to the to our own tunes and not getting sick of it. And I think it's it's catchier in, okay. that, in that sense. Okay. Uh, do you know, like, how long do you think until something pops out? No, I wish. I wish something? I knew. It could be... Could be tomorrow. Could be a month. <laughs> You're sitting on like CDs that were printed by disc makers. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> why I'm sitting here to block you from all the secret material I have behind me. You got anything uh, besides uh, this new project that's untitled so far coming out soon? But any like uh, social media that you could uh, get five more followers from all the five listeners? <laughs> There's more. There's more than five. Yeah, uh, I currently have reactivated my Facebook. Uh, oh, snap. took a took a little break after Rhino broke up. So. Okay. I'm on Facebook. Just search Mark Mornell. Okay. Um, on Instagram, Mark is Morse, all Ooh. one word. Um, it's kind of a play, like Mark. Mark is Mark is, you know. Mark, I think you're talented. Oh, God, thank you. <laughs> all right, Mark. Well, thanks for coming along to. Thank you for having me. Play Battleship. Oh yeah. See ya.